0: Am I resentful that as sisters and as competitors putting ourselves on the line in this competition that we have to do that at all? Yes, I am. I think that's wrong. Fears. 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 Weather. Fears.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Am uh, h- hello, I'm... Joey Nolfi Entertainment Weekly's Drag Race Report. I am American. Ter.
2: And I'm Entertainment Weekly News Director Jillian Cedarholm. And when we were talking, you told me what you told me, and you know what you told me, and you know I know what that means. Know what I mean? I,
1: am American. I have no recollection of these events, just like Robbie Turner has no recollection of the actual events in the Uber. Ooh. But. We are here alongside RuPaul, who really wants to tell you that she is American, joined together in patriotic celebration on our very special 4th of July episode. We are gathered here today at the American Flag Factory, owned and operated by President Simone, for a special cookout hosted by original founding mother of our great nation, Alexis Mateo.
2: It's time for a party. It's a USA American celebration. Uh, And Joey told me I had to make a party joke here. So why did the elephant have three blue shoes and one green shoe?
1: Something about a (laughs) piss-stained (laughs) jockstrap.
2: He stepped on Alexis Michelle's pile of (laughs) jockstraps. You got it.
1: The first time I've ever successfully completed a Jillian closet joke. And also, I will say... I did not request a party joke in the script. It just says Jillian joke in well, the script.
2: Now that I know we're at a party and I'm dressed so inappropriately. Yeah.
1: I, I just want to let you all know in a moment that was not, in, will, will not be included in the final <laughs> broadcast when Jillian did her outfit reveal. Um, I just need to describe to you what Jillian is wearing to this cookout. She is wearing a full hood with fur, blue lips, A scarf, a hooded jacket, and a blonde cascading wig that is flowing down her shoulders, and she is giving full, it is not appropriate to be outside in 95 degree weather as we are right now.
2: I don't think it's ever appropriate to be outside in 95 degree weather, in my opinion.
1: You know what, Mm -hmm. add that to the three things, Jillian, in our lifetime that we can agree on.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, what you didn't know is there is a Smurf glory hole at this party.
1: (laughs) Alexis? Alexis Michelle? Not Alexis Mateo? Alexis Michelle? Go that way. Bobby, I want you to come back home, baby! But yes, we want Lala to come back to the competition as well, Alexis Mateo. Thank you for saying that. But before we get to our interview with the woman who sent Lala home, Miss Alexis Michelle, later in our All Stars 8 Episode 9 recap show, the Drag Race Universe's other Alexis M, Miss Mateo, is preparing to recite our national anthem in honor of this holiday edition of the pod. Silence! And even if I was born
2: on the moon, I will still be in America. Sick me no?
1: I've never felt more...
2: American. Oh, this is so corny, I love it. Alexis, what's on the cookout menu? Freaking chorizo!
1: Alexis Mateo's one-woman holiday spectacular... I can say, has now moved to the aerial artistry portion of the evening as she has lit her heels on fire and is standing upright, seemingly prepared for launch herself.
2: <laughs> Bam! 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 <laughs> I am American. Let's get into the episode nine of All Stars 8, please. <laughs> Carson Cressley, this is your gay life, yeah. which began with a shocking, to some, revelation. <gasps> Alexis Michelle admitted what you, Joey, had speculated last week regarding Lala's elimination. That's so right. Congrats on being correct. Thank you. That she was being very particular with her wording when she told Lala she wouldn't forget that she voted for her. She said on the couch that she just meant she literally would not forget, <laughs> not that she wouldn't vote for Lala. Her brain is working. Mm-hmm. And still, the fandom has piled onto to Alexis in the last week. It's also, you know, she did this to a very beloved queen. Does she, do you think she deserves the flack she's getting for voting Lala out, even though all the other queens did also vote for Lala, we saw? And so, this this did remind me of. You know Naomi notoriously voting out Manila, but then next week we found out that Monet also would have voted out Manila. But I think everyone forgets about that conveniently.
1: Yeah, I I think that it's it's I can never sit here and say that a queen deserves the vile things that people are saying about them online on a personal level. I don't think anybody. I think everybody before they comment should remember that these are people. Whether they make decisions that you agree with or don't agree with, they are still people at the end of the day, and nobody should be sending anybody the kind of vitriolic hatred that we see online. I will, though, say, and we'll talk to Alexis about this later, I I think that Alexis's issue is she has, instead of somebody like Naomi Smalls, who did the whole life's not fair thing and really leaned into her decision – Alexis has been going online and sort of it's like every day when there's a new All-Stars episode, it seems like there's a tweet or something afterwards where she's sort of clarifying and uh, trying to atone for what she did to appease both her sisters and the fandom. At least that's how it's coming off to me. And we will address this with her. But I just think that that's probably part of the problem. And I think you also have to for somebody who was so concerned I think she she had a rough go after season 9 she really did a lot of it unfairly I think that time around but this time around I do look at it and I'm just like every single moment that we've had this season where there's been a big significant piece of drama or a plot twist or some or some sort of like voting that the fandom has taken issue with Alexis has been at the center of it so I just think that she, in the moment, maybe she was not thinking that far ahead to what the fandom was going to say or think about her decisions. But I'm just – I think when you see the decisions that she makes, which she's in the context of a competition. She's more than, you know – within her rights to be strategic and manipulative and just like a lot of the queen, like candy says all the time, yeah, this is totally. what the Queens do on this season. The, the $200,000 is at stake. Only one queen is going to win the competition. You got to do what you got to do. No one can, it's going to fall to you for that. But I think it's the, the backpedaling online that makes it seem worse than it actually is.
2: Yeah. Because even if, You're doing – you could still stick by your decision in a way that – is i don't know not completely backpedaling but just you know like when she first started out the one tweet about like yeah that was an incredibly tough decision how do you even choose like yeah fair but then she was just like and i made a mistake and then this, yeah. and then this. no just kidding of that so it's just yeah. like you don't need to do that just be like yeah it sucked someone had to go i thought this was the best move for me because i want to win
1: and i, I had my it. eye on two hundred thousand dollars, and it's like yeah. yeah you know what alexis michelle like i probably would have done the same thing it's like that's it- not saying i would have voted out lala i'm saying like you know if if um i probably would have you know been strategic as well um but yeah it's just it's odd because i think that this is an issue that you and i talk about on this podcast and we talked about on binge a lot too but the queens who did the early seasons of all stars when this lipstick pulling was sort of first starting is considering The fandom and the reaction to their actions in the moment and then dealing with it, you know, a year later after when this airs. So it creates this very odd period of this like limbo where I think Alexis has probably sat with the thoughts of what transpired on all stars eight for the past year and is now we're seeing not her immediate reaction to them, but like what she's been thinking of stewing on for the past year. And dealing with the real-time fan reactions, some that she probably didn't anticipate in the moment. So, it is an odd social experiment in that way, this show, because it is – you're seeing these reactions not happen organically as they would have – because Alexis probably feels differently now than she did on set. So, it's – It's fascinating in a way. Um, But again, we just need to say that these some of these things that people are saying about Alexis is just in any queen on this season are just disgusting. And people just need to stop doing that because it's it's horrible.
2: Yeah, there's there's no reason. And especially if you are tagging the queens in it, whether you think it's because you're defending your fave or whatever it is, like you can show love to someone without being toxic and (laughs) ruining this for all fans. Right
1: it's it's gross um i do think it was interesting that we saw a bit of alexisism isming with candy's strategery this episode because candy said in a confessional that she only told alexis she would align with her on this episode to keep her ass there as she said so it definitely seems like these queens have all sort of taken note of the game alexis is playing Mm -hmm. so jillian did you think this was it for alexis once we heard candy say that at the top of the episode
2: Well, I really did not understand Alexis's strategy of saying when they were counting the lipstick votes that, you know, that... Indecipherable things she said to Candy, but making it clear that they had a secret discussion, (laughs) saying it in front of everyone, Jimbo being like, What's with all these secrets? You know, we know later that it did. I mean, the same way that Candy's been worried about what Heidi said, putting doubts in everyone's mind, like, that was putting a doubt about herself in everyone's mind. So I just really did not understand. The goal of that if you felt like you had to remind candy that you made this pact then <laughs> that's not how you go about it and then also alexis is not even her own strategic way of speaking that you pointed out of literally not of literally saying something only literal she never literally candy never literally said yes i will save right. you it right. was just kind of a equivalent of i'll remember this kind of thing well she said
1: yeah because then they both for each other and untucked they both look at each other and alexis is like oh yeah this is definitely the time to be strategic and candy's like "Mm -hmm, this is definitely (laughs) the time to be strategic and i'm like i just want to be like alexis do you not see like this look at what she's saying like you just did this to lala last week like how can you not see that this is that this is what's going on so but we will talk to alexis about all of this in the interview coming up
2: yes So the Queens learned their challenge this week would be a roast of Carson Cressley, who Who? they really wanted us to know is a noted equestrian. (laughs) And if you've ever watched the Rose Parade, you already knew this. Mm -hmm. And we got a special guest appearance from Katia, who came to the workroom to give the Queens advice on doing (laughs) well in a roast, which she's never actually participated in in either of her seasons of Drag Race. (laughs) And it just amounted to her asking them questions about – Who made them horny in the workroom, telling a joke about a gay necrophiliac, (laughs) which, by the way, do not Google gay necrophiliac uh -uh. looking for this joke because something just incredibly weird comes up about an animal. That's all I'll say. Googling it right now. Nature-related. And as Candy pointed out... It appeared that no real advice was given out by Katya, but it was a master class in comedy nonetheless, especially when she got on the ground and gently slithered her way all the way out the door. Um, but, Joey, I wanted to ask you, does your prediction apply here for um, this? all the alumni that we've seen this season maybe actually being a way to reintroduce queens that might pop up on future All-Stars? or does this hold true for Katya? What are you doing? You look horrified. What's going on? I just Googled gay necrophilia. I said don't. Are you talking about the duck? Yeah.
1: Oh my God. Okay. I need to. Okay. I'm going to answer that question, but this is, I'm no longer able to eat any food at this cookout because. Okay. Let me just read you the first thing that comes up. I'll just read you the first sentence. Dead Duck Day marks that time a scientist witnessed gay duck necrophilia.
2: (laughs) I like that they gave it its own holiday.
1: June 5th, 1995. Okay, well, July 4th is officially no longer our nation's holiday. It is now
2: June 5th, 1995. You better fuck that dead duck. No! Okay. 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 Uh, energy. Do you think Katya's appearance energy. was <laughs> teasing any kind of future appearance on an all in an all-sized past? I
1: wishful thinking. We'll say for Katya, no, just because the interview that I did with them uh for binge on C because I don't think for some reason you didn't do that one. Right? You did the one with Ginger, but I don't think you and I were on the one with Trixie and Katya.
2: Oh, we sure were. You just—I'm very un. No, there was one. Especially uh, when Trixie and Katya are involved.
1: No, there was one interview that I did with them. Oh, it was for their book. Never mind. It was for their book. I did the one for their book alone. Um, but they were saying. Remember, they were like saying that it was like PTSD, and that the smell of the cleaner that they use on the floor was like a Vietnam war veteran smelling the smell of like napalm or something. That was the comparison that they made. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that?
2: Oh, that's why she was sliding. She was really doing that, like, army thing.
1: Yeah. She thought she was in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> and it's – I think that I, – I don't think we'll ever see Katya go back. I don't think we'll ever see Trixie go back. Um, I do, however, think that we are going to see Chanel back. I think that that's the reason they had Chanel on two episodes this season. Who else did we have as assassins? Um, I think it's a very realistic – Georges to- – i think it's very realistic that we will see Georges, jasmine and pangina will likely be on an all-stars as well uh and then there's one other person that we've had as an assassin that i think will be we'll see on future episodes again drag race is a self-sustaining machine they know that this is the main entry in the global franchise is the you know um, uh, rupaul's drag race and rupaul's drag race all-stars so they're gonna put reintroduce these faces that we haven't seen on the show in a while to this audience this global audience that they have and um so as a reference point to when they uh, do the next all-stars so yeah i definitely do think that that's what's going on but also going on on the main stage jimbo revived her joan river snatch game character from canada's drag race season one and did the entire roast in character won the whole thing as joan making this the first time one snatch game character has won two different challenges which i thought was a really fun little statistic so how do we feel about the roast overall though and everyone's performances in it because i mean i i know i Jillian, i know you're probably so sick of hearing me say this but i just think that this is another example of it's like you watch the challenge and you're just like nobody fell on their face nobody fell flat on their face and I was I can't lie. I, I kind of thought I saw a dramatic setup with Alexis and I thought that she maybe we were going to get the crickets edit in the roast, but I think she actually did good. I, I think that she, you know, I laughed at some of her jokes. I thought she did. She did a solid job in the roast. And I think the hardest I probably laughed, though, was Jessica, just because Jessica is Jessica and she's just she could read a cookbook and I would think it would be hilarious but yeah i think that they all did they all did a, a solid job
2: i mean i agree that no one fell flat but is that what we want in a roast or do we want a roast where we're like really remembering a great yeah. bet No, I'm, I'm just the saying best joke that I don't the, think anybody
1: was horrific. Like, there was no obvious, like, oh, yeah, you are the worst and deserve yeah, to go home.
2: I think that they – it really felt to me like they were setting it up like we were supposed to be on pins and needles that Jimbo was going to flop, which I thought was just a little bit ridiculous. I mm-hmm. don't think that there was any way Jimbo was going to completely flop that even if, you know – Yeah, there's no way. run away with it as Joan. I thought the best joke of the roast was RuPaul's wig. Um, But I did like Jessica talking about Carson's charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. I I thought she did a really good job. I I honestly would not have put her in the bottom if this wasn't an episode where
1: everyone else had to be in the bottom.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought it was smart for Jimbo to to do Joan. RuPaul hadn't seen that yet. We know that RuPaul would get a kick out of Joan. And I thought she did a good job. There were even a couple of jokes where I Googled because I was like, wait, is that one actually a Joan Rivers joke that she just recycled and and they weren't? So I was like, oh, okay, she just really like was pretty good at writing in the style. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, there was nothing that was – it wasn't like a Lady Bunny roast to me where like I really remember jokes yeah. or great yeah, performances. Same. And that that's what I'm missing. And I guess maybe I would have liked a couple more queens to be involved to give us – at least some more chances. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I also think that, I'm sorry, but like Carson is just not a a good subject for a roast. I I mean-
2: Yeah, I I, actually agree. I I
1: have always just thought that, I mean, there's nothing inherently like wrong with either one of them, but I just think it's like you look at the potential that we have with like T.S. Madison being a full-time panelist instead of like rotating with them. I'm just like, Carson and Ross, I just- I think it's I think it's time to maybe get some new judges in there. I I just think that um, wait,
2: just for roasting potential. No, because I thought Ross actually had a lot of fodder for it. I just don't think Carson, particularly. That's why they were like, "Oh, you really? I talk about this horse thing. Like he's fine. You know, I like it was funny to like dish on the other things he's done. They really didn't get into (sighs) queer eye stuff. Him being like the fashion guy. They could have like leaned into something there, but. Yeah, I don't I don't think there was, you know, they got into a couple appearance jokes, but I was kind of thinking that for TS Madison, like I don't know, like there's I TS Madison joke would be one of those things where it's like you're not really I don't know, like there's nothing inherently like No, I'm not bad saying i I'm, I'm just I was just no, saying I know as a segue saying, into
1: the um, you know, an overall discussion about the judging panel, um, which maybe is not related to this, but I think that this it probably would have been better if they did like what they did with uh season 13 where they brought back like the miscongenialities, congenialities or yeah. like i mean you know bring back like it, it would have been cool since jimbo was doing her snatch game character bring back like three snatch game winners and, and have them in character on stage yeah, and then roasting really them funny. and then allowing those queens to sort of hit it back to them and then it becoming like a mini snatch game slash roast i think that would it could have been really fun so yeah. Yeah, just Carson didn't really feel like just the best yeah. subject
2: for a yeah. roast. I think the subject of the roast makes a big difference. Like yeah. you can come up with one or two Carsonisms, like mm-hmm. as part of a panel, but as a Honestly, roast subject, like, that's hard.
1: Just roast RuPaul every single season. Like yeah. they always have fun with that. So whatever.
2: Yeah, the runway theme was Snow Bunny. The looks were all. I thought this is where they were all just fine to me. I know that you really liked Jimbo's. Oh, I love Jimbo's. And I actually thought Alexis looked stunning, like from the chest up. I think I have like a fetish for people in like this light pink hair. I just like candy last week. Alexis, (laughs) Alexis same same sentence. You are
1: so obsessed with her pig
2: look. I'm not pissing on this wig, Um, (laughs) but it it didn't work conceptually. Like, I yeah, I like when people like lean into it. Like, you know, I can't wait to see what Heidi would have done. Like, if there, you know, if someone, I thought this is where I actually was able to watch Fame Games, and I thought that there were much better looks in Fame games. No one looked bad, but they were all whatever. Um and Jimbo won the challenge and had to lip sync against our beloved Silky Nutmeg Ganache in a really crazy lip sync to Freakazoid that <laughs> turned into Drag turned drag into a contact sport once again. <laughs> uh, and Jimbo finally won, as RuPaul even said, finally won her first ever lip sync by resurrecting her baloney throwing alien Yay! from UK versus the world talent show and threw lunch meat all over the judges and the main stage. Uh, did you feel that Jimbo rightfully won this lip sync? And are we sad that Silky went down this way after being probably the most iconic lip sync assassin the franchise
1: yeah it was i mean it was an interesting pairing and this again goes back to what we were talking about earlier when they had pangina lip syncing against jimbo is like how they are choosing these assassins because Mm -hmm. silky statistically is the most winning lip sync uh, lip sync person in drag race history and jimbo i think is one of the top losing lip sync people in drag race history and we saw that this was something that really affected Jimbo emotionally earlier in the season so it was nice to see Jimbo win finally and just how excited Jimbo was and it was doing exactly what you have been suggesting all season Jillian that Jimbo just be silly and goofy and not try to like you know do these showgirl kind of costumes and moves and just be stupid and funny and just throw (laughs) fucking lunch meat at the judges like that's just what Jimbo needed to do I, as much as I love Silky, we all love Silky. This is a Silky stand podcast, but um, I do think that approach to the lip sync was a little odd. Um, I think that you know when she um, like didn't she like start to hump Jimbo <laughs> at one point? I was like, okay, this yeah. is like this is chaos. Well, it was it
2: was what it was when the lyrics were talking about wind me up. So I yes. kind of thought like yeah. that vibe because Silky is like the one thing about. Silky, like not just the gags and things she brings to it, is that she is one of these people that can like improv and work off of the other yes, person. Sometimes yes. it's it's great to great effect, and sometimes it misses the mark just a little bit. I know that I was trying to remember there was a recent-ish lip sync where somebody had done this. They had kind of like started humping the person, fondling them, doing something, and I think everyone oh, was kind of yeah. like put off by it. Wait, and now I can't remember. Are what
1: you talking about the Kamora Amor one on Canada? Because I don't think this is comparable to that. That was when Kimura was like following the other queen around the whole stage, and then the actress from *A Handmaid's Tale* was like, "That was fucking weird."
2: Oh no! I was thinking it was was something. I I was thinking it was something more sexual. No, it was like somebody like somebody was like I think on Uh, like on all fours or something, and someone uh, like you know looked like they were gonna like hump them.
1: It's on the. It's at the tip of my tongue. I can't. I can't remember. But I can't
2: pull it either. Damn it. Tell us in our tell us in our comments, listeners. I,
1: yeah. I mean, and I think it was what I say it was odd. I think it was just it took me a moment to like process like, oh, okay, the lyrics are saying that. That's why Silky's doing that. And I think it made for a really funny image. And I mean, of course like Jim, Jimbo and Silky on stage together. Like, I mean, you can't get any more delightful chaos than that. But um, yeah i do think it's like anytime silky is on stage it's like you want to see silky win the lip sync because she is just so good at what she does but you know jimbo hats off to jimbo it was just it was so nice to see jimbo win there was a moment though that i loved that i don't know why they didn't focus on more but it looks like silky grabs a piece of (laughs) baloney, and licks it and sticks it onto her cheek and Mm -hmm. it stays there
2: And yeah, I, I didn't notice so this much. at all, and then I rewatched it this it's morning, so and I, was, I saw it, yeah.
1: It is so funny. So, I just, you know, I'm never going to complain about Silky being on my TV. And also, I love that she showed up with a trash bag.
2: Trash bag full of trash bag. Dry, right, torn trash, trash bag, tore, like ripped it open. Yes, yes. Gia Gunn shows
1: up with a hula hoop purse, and Silky shows up no. with a literal... <laughs> glad bag of
2: drag. Did you think that Silky looked pretty legitimately upset? Like, she made a joke right after she (laughs) lost, saying she'd go down in history, and then she you know, looked like when she came back on the stage holding the sign, she didn't come back up for quite a while, and she looked pretty pissed, and I couldn't tell if she was like leaning into it or pretty upset.
1: No, I don't think Silky was upset. I think that she was Silky, like she said, I think Silky was there to get her check. She got her check. She had fun on stage. Like, there was nothing at stake for Silky, so I think that she just had fun with it, and she was was because she was when she said that thing about she was like oh this is what did she say when she was leaving the stage she said something about like oh i just this is going to go down in history i just lost a jimbo and then she like yeah. turned around she had like that silky like kind of smirk on her face that mm-hmm. smile that i think she knew that it was just she was just leaning into the moment so um okay. if silky was was you know unhappy i think we would have seen silky be unhappy <laughs> But it was just a good moment. So uh, before the vote, though, we do see in Untucked that Alexis told Jessica that she couldn't vote for her because she loved Jessica. And then we see in the lipstick voting room, Alexis voted for Jessica.
2: I can't vote for you, but I will. Yeah, I I know, I know.
1: Well, we also saw on the main show uh, footage of Candy and Jessica voting for Alexis, which we don't usually see that early. So we knew heading into the lip sync before it was even revealed that Silky was there that if Jimbo lost, it was going to be Alexis going. So,
2: well, we knew if we did the my viewing strategy of pausing and oh, watching. Yeah, Jillian's adopt. viewing strategy.
1: Yes, correct. Which um, I'm sure some people have now adopted. Um, but do we think that the Queens made the right, the right decision? And do you think that. Like, what do you think of Alexis doing this to another queen after the llama? Yeah, I just,
2: I'm, I'm just baffled by Alexis's (laughs) strategy, which makes good TV because it's, it's unpredictable and, and just truly wild. But, um, yeah, Alexis, if you are
1: listening, which I know you do, we are talking to you about this shortly, (laughs) so you will have a chance to answer. It
2: just, yeah, I just, I don't know, like, what is the strategy there? And I mean, she was also kind of like, I think right before that was when she was telling Jessica. Exactly the conversation she had with Candy. So it was almost like we've seen a couple girls do this before where they're kind of laying out like, girl, I have a sister that I'm sticking with. And so I'm so sorry. But then saying the thing to Jessica right afterwards, <laughs> it should just be like, you know, but it, it would be like, heartbreak it would be heartbreaking to vote for you or some other like more literal way than... I can't I
1: can't for you. Pl- I, I just, can't over you. I not
2: why she did it.
1: Oh, well, Alexis, we are going to we're coming right up. We are talking to you about this, but I see that I have another surprise jilly in addition to the script. Okay, wait. What? Okay. Reads Do this. It. Reads this tongue twister as fast as possible. 3 times. What the
2: fuck? I wrote you an All-Stars 8 themed tongue twister. Go ahead. Okay. Fast.
1: Charissa shows she shells on Irish chakons couture all stars eight elegant equestrian eleganza. Charissa shows she shells on Irish chakons couture all star eight elegant Estranda.
2: Estranja. Estranja.
1: Charissa. shows she shells on Irish chakons couture all stars eight elegant equestrian eleganza. Yay! estranja. Yay. That was my party trick. Freudian. Oh, great! Another party trick.
2: Freaking Charissa.
1: Well. Thankfully, though, we've only spent a great many amount of hours dissecting Alexis's strategy. We do have the one and only Alexis Michelle coming up to our 4th of July celebration. She is here to answer all of our questions about this season's tea-filled moments, the Lala situation, the Jessica situation, handwritten notes, secret alliances, all of it and more coming right up in our interview with Alexis Michelle. Stay tuned. me Welcome back to EW's Quick Drag Podcast. Joining me today is a queen who is known for her green fantasy, but has had some of the drag race fandom seeing red over some of the, as Tatiana might say, strategic choices on All Stars 8. But there is no denying that the TV theatrics she served are fit for a queen on stage at the palace. Please welcome the always lovely Alexis Michelle. Hey, Alexis, how are you holding up?
0: I'm great. How are you, Joey?
1: (laughs) Oh, I really hope that you're doing great. I mean, you, I I know you've been going through it these past few weeks. Um, I know we all know how crazy this fandom can get sometimes. And I just, I hope you're doing well.
0: I am doing well. I am, um, as always, grateful for the opportunity and this exposure that this platform provides. Um, For better or for worse, it is life changing. And, you know, I'm getting to, live out dreams i've had as a performer and dreams i never even thought to have as a performer so i am grateful
1: good no i i'm glad to hear that you have that perspective and i know that you know some of these topics are going to be tough for this interview but i mean we're going to get through it so let's just rip the band-aid off i mean you have been getting a lot of flack the last few weeks for the lala vote and i will say alexis like when i was listening to your conversation with Lala on the episode i thought to myself i was like i know she's doing exactly what you confirmed to the other queens in the first 10 minutes of the episode that you were just saying like literally i won't forget but it wasn't quite like i won't vote for her but the conversations where you're looking lala in the eye and saying that to her how did that feel i know you're in the context of a competition but how did that feel looking her in the eye and saying, I won't forget, knowing, or I'm assuming that you knew that she knew you thought that you meant you were going to save her. Was that a difficult thing to do?
0: Well, no, because I wanted to, I very much wanted to. And I also didn't want to send candy packing. I've said publicly, it was an impossible decision and people have a lot to say about me saying that, but it's true. It sucks. We shouldn't have to send each other home. I did want to save Lala. I wish I could go back and save Lala. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's, and people can call me two-faced and that's fine. Because you know what? They don't know me and they don't know how genuine and sincere I am. And it's just a really unfortunate part of this game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I think that this, and Candy has said this many times, that things happen when you're in a competition and $200,000 is at stake. You will make choices that the format is literally prompting you to make. You had to make a decision.
0: And I got to say, everybody keeps saying, like, even when they're defending me, they're like, there's $200,000 at stake. I got to tell you, it was kind of the last thing on my mind. And Mm. not because I don't need it. My God. I could use it like we could all use it. Mm -hmm. So it's not that, but that really isn't even the first thing on my mind. And that may sound like bullshit to people, but kind of the same way on season nine, I like lost sight of, you know, the competition. It really wasn't, I was honestly trying to come up with what felt fair. And I know that's going to send people because what would be the most fair to, to, to make good on, on a on a big gift or favor that someone did for you that that wow. would be fair right but that also discounts any previous relationship or loyalty or agreement or right. or plan that i had with the other girl
1: you know mm-hmm. so it's just so i mean i guess the answer that i'm i'm seeing is that this Alexis that we saw saying that to Lala in a very deliberate way is not the same Alexis that like Alexis as a person wouldn't have done that outside the confines of this specific format.
0: Well, I think with less like without a million things going through my head while being, you know, filmed and knowing it's going to be part of this show. Yeah. I think it would have been easier for me to make the most obvious loyal friend decision which would have yeah. been to keep lala i think it would have been easier but there were so many things in my mind and so many voices in my head so it's hard for people to understand and frankly it's hard for me to understand i it was confusing and i'm not i'm not eschewing any responsibility i yeah. get it. i made the choice and i have to mm-hmm. own that
1: and i will well i think that's the thing that you know because i know we talked at the before the season even started i remember you saying that you were nervous about how you were going to come off the season especially after what you went through on season nine i think that that's the thing where most fans and viewers and even myself sometimes as i'm looking at the saying that to lala and then again this week you you said to jessica i can't pick your lipstick i love you i know that you're a person who sort of is aware of what happened to you on season nine, obviously? And so saying those things on camera on a recorded line, were you thinking in the moment, how is this going to come off in a year's time when this airs? Like, what was going through your mind when you were saying those things to them, knowing that you were going to not do those things?
0: No, I actually think i was was not as aware in those moments. I'll tell you a moment when I was super aware
1: mm-hmm.
0: was when, we were picking the roles for the the true crime forensic role. queens yeah yeah that's when i was super aware because if you thought i was boohooing about not getting the part i wanted you're dead wrong um and i'm not saying you joey i'm saying anyone watching that if that's what you thought that wasn't it that was very that was like some ptsd that was like oh my god it it felt like it was happening again I felt like I was misunderstood or being twisted around, and it was it was definitely bringing up old trauma
1: Mm -hmm. from season nine. Do you mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, Mm. and not even just like, not even just whatever happened on nine or the aftermath of how people took it, but my own personal aftermath. The, uh, you know the depression was very very real and pretty serious so it's it took a lot for me I think it's a vulnerable move for anybody to go back to all stars in some ways because there's so much on the line and there's so much that you're risking um and it it that that part of this experience. is a very vulnerable experience. And so that was a moment where I was like super aware and thinking about, um, what happened last time? What's it going to be like this time? Is it happening again? Um, but I'll be honest, like in the moments where I'm telling Lala how grateful I am and that I'll never forget it. And, and, and moments like this week where I'm sitting with, and, and this will blow everybody's mind and just probably only reinforce the snake emojis, but sitting in with Jessica and like tossing it back and forth with her. Jessica, while I know you probably couldn't guess from the competition, Jessica was probably my closest friend during the whole filming process. And so when I say to my friend, I can't vote for you. This is a dialogue. This is not like signing a contract. This is a dialogue Mm -hmm. of like, this sucks. I can't like, I know I have to make a choice, but I can't like, it feels horrible, you know?
1: Yeah. So, so you're saying that this was not when you say, I can't pick your lipstick. I love you. It was more of a, like, uh, figurative, like, I can't do this.
0: What I do remember is it was a back and forth of a very similar nature. And I think Jessica and I both knew in our minds that that might be what happened mutually. And I think it is what happened. We both picked each other's lipstick. Yes. And I don't hold any resentment against my friend for that. Mm -hmm. We were in a very difficult position. And when you get down to this point in the competition, it's going to happen. You're going to have to make difficult choices, even with friends, even with people that you feel a sense of loyalty, you know, with and for
1: so did you then but we also see you talking with candy and and seemingly being on the same page of the earlier discussion of you and candy aligning last week and then in this week uh but then we did see that candy did also vote for you so when you said to jessica i can't pick your lipstick i love you did you then also say to her I have this thing going on with Candy so I am going to vote for you. Did you ever have that conversation with her?
0: No, because I had I had proposed an alliance to Heidi and Jimbo and Candy early on, like very early notes. on. Yeah, with the notes and there were like I said it 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 was certainly never confirmed on camera and I and there were different levels of acknowledgement off camera even. So no, that wasn't part of the discussion. But here's the thing, Jimbo, Candy, Jessica, me. I think what would be really hypocritical is if I was like, yeah, I can't believe Candy did that. I can't believe Jessica did that. I can't believe Jimbo did that. I don't feel that way. Yeah. We all had shitty difficult decisions to make, and we did it. So I had to make shitty difficult decisions. So did they. And I'm not, I'm not holding any resentments against mm-hmm. my sisters. Right. for what the situation is. Am I resentful that as sisters and as competitors uh, putting ourselves on the line in this competition that we have to do that at all? Yes, I am. Yeah. I yeah. think that's wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, did you, did you think that Candy was going to vote for Jessica or did you have a feeling? Because there is a moment where you look at Candy and you say, this is the time to be strategic and Candy said nods and she said yes this is definitely the time to be strategic
0: i fully knew she was probably going to send me fully knew okay. it
1: mm. fully knew Did she it she say that to you explicitly though
0: no but i no. i understand psychology and i know how to read people and read body language and mm-hmm. i'm not surprised i wasn't surprised yeah. and, and and let me reiterate and i'm not bearing any grudges about it
1: yeah well and i want to go back to something i i started to touch on earlier i like i said i i will never say enough times that i, I you know going when we talked before this season in those first interviews i mean you did say that you were nervous about how you were going to come off the season and i again i understand so much of what you went through on season nine and this can't have been easy but i think from my perspective it does seem like a lot of And don't get me wrong, it was great TV, but a lot of the drama this season either involved you or was indirectly or directly set in motion by like your vote or alliances. And again, it's good TV. I love to see it. Interesting decisions that impacted the game in really twisty ways. But then I would see like you would go on Twitter and sort of make a statement or did you ever consider... Maybe, like leaning into it like i I think of Naomi Smalls after she voted for Manila and just being like, "Life's not fair and sort of leaning into that. I know she got a lot of hatred for that still, but did you ever consider just being like, "I gave you the drama, I gave you good t v deal with it
0: well there were there were plenty of moments which I think out of context were taken um to the extreme, and I think I did lean into those. I mean, I am your favorite crying bus driver um, (laughs) of all stars eight. There's no doubt about it. And, and I'll wear the bus driver hat and I will honk the horn. The bus Um, is still running. (laughs) The bus is still running. Um, But particularly surrounding Lala's elimination. um, It's hard for me as a person not to be come at it a bit more sincerely. Um, and straightforward and from from my heart, because um I hold Lala in such high regard I did um I admired her from afar like i i I mentioned in my uh tribute post to her today that like this was the beginning of us knowing each other, so I admired her from afar and then I got to experience her in person really for the first time while we. Competed on All Stars Eight, and yeah. witnessing Lala's star power is not only just incredible to witness, but it's an infectious energy. Like you, you, you get life from it. You literally oh, yeah. live. Yeah. You live from watching the Lala re experience and feeling it, and it's a feeling. Um, Those kind of performers are really one in a million and that's and that's La La Ri. and um so it's hard for me to lean into the drama surrounding lala's elimination because it was it was gut-wrenching for everybody watching it and it was for me and yeah. you can say i was acting and if you want to believe that fine it's not up to me to decide what people think about that it's not even my business but right. i can tell you um i hated making the decision and i hated having to make the decision
1: yeah well it, so did you have that feeling when you signed up to do All Stars 8 though cuz i mean i know you want there was there's a redemption element for you that was maybe more important for um some other cast members this season having that element of redemption but You know, going on to the All-Stars format, did you have that feeling about the voting when you signed up to do All-Stars 8?
0: Guess what you don't know when you sign up to do All-Stars 8? You don't know what the structure is. No. And we came off of a season where there were no eliminations, and there was a ton, a ton, I would say an almost overwhelming positive response from the audience about that format Mm -hmm. so we hoped none of us knew what the format was going into this and i think that we all hoped it would be like that again so yeah Yeah. i actually didn't sign up for that i knew it was possible but i didn't know for sure what i was signing up for
1: yeah that's a good note i think to put out there um i I also want to point back to something that this is a, a little more lighthearted note of Lala last week when I interviewed her, I asked her about any developments on the crush situation. And she unfortunately informed me that she's not a fan of roasted chicken. Um so do you have any amendments to the dinner plans? And also this week you admitted that you were taking a shine to candy. So I'm wondering if the crushes were also strategy this season. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. No, I wish I was uh, more strategic in that way. The truth <laughs> is, the truth is, the spectrum of my attraction is very wide. Um, there are there were there were many people on this season who I, you know, thought were <laughs> snacks. So care to name names. I mean, I already did. I mean, I talked. I think I <laughs> talked about sliding into Jimbo's DMS and like. <laughs> There was a lot of like, you know, when Candy and I would would boil up on something, people would be like, y'all just need to fuck already. <laughs> and uh, and Candy, you know, and I have like sort of like playfully talked about that, but um <gasps> but no oh, as far as, <laughs> as far as dinner goes, I can cook just about everything. So anything that Lala wants. She
1: can have. Yes. Great. In a piss stained jockstrap. (laughs) (laughs) I'll wash it for Lala. I'll wash it. (laughs) So, the last thing, Alexis, that I want to ask you is given the amount of pushback you received from fans this season, I do think it's worth noting that you did have a lot of redemptive things that went on. I mean, the roast, I will say, we know how the roast went down last time. It gave us the iconic green moment, but this time, I thought that you seemed so much more assured on that stage. You delivered your roast very well. I thought it was a solid roast. Um, But given everything that's happened this season, are you concerned for your career going forward? Or do you think you're better prepared to handle it this time versus after season nine? I think while there's certainly no shortage of
0: controversy surrounding my actions on this season i think the majority of people and i have felt a really really amazing amount and even not overwhelming in a bad way but just an amazing amount of love and support for all that uh i brought to the season and people many people saying whatever we're seeing whatever is being shown whatever people are reading into we're seeing past that we see who you are we see your heart we see your soul we see your talent we see what you brought so i'd like to think that as far as anybody who's going to have an impact on my career that those kind of people can see that too and would yeah. not judge me or anybody on this program for the way they might come across in a moment or in my case moments mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> um, so yeah i uh I can't say you know how how that will pan out, but that's my my hope and my faith is mm-hmm. that um is that people can see how much I care about about my art, about art in general, about other people's art, and about other people. I I, I am somebody that cares deeply about other people. And um, yeah. talking about the difference and sort of what happened last time versus this time, I knew, you know, and talk and talking about what you signed up for, I did sign up for something that was a was a mixed blessing last time for me. And i knew going back that i was stepping into the same risk and because of that i said to myself okay if if that's a possibility then what is your intention or what is your focus what's your goal and while i would have loved you know to just have you know this sort of magical you know in quotes personality redemption for the people that felt a way about me and for other people that now feel a way about me. But that really wasn't my my goal. My goal was, however you're going to come off, look like a million bucks at all Mm -hmm. times. Mm Because that was not something I felt I was able to deliver on season nine. And I know that's something I delivered on All Stars 8. I am proud of every single look that went down that runway mm-hmm. and that's part of the art of drag and that's part of what people love about drag race so and i yeah. know people saw that and i'm really really proud of that um and i got to show my talents again you know yes, you i did. I slayed the rusical i slayed the snatch game um you don't have to win a challenge to win a
1: challenge yeah well and i was glad to see it i think you did some really great things on the season you definitely had the fandom talking great television and i really appreciate um all of the candor and in the interviews that we've done this season so far and for your willingness to answer the tough questions that i had for you in this interview and it was a real pleasure getting to talk with you again and see you on tv this season alexis so um thank you so much and all of the best to you after the season thanks joey
2: bam bam Bam!
1: well the sun has set but the mateo visions in the sky are still bamming and padam padamming with no end in sight and it's getting a little chilly so jillian alexis actually had two leftover military jackets that her army boyfriend forgot to take with him on his latest trip so zip up buttercup
2: Ooh, i love that warmth I actually hate warmth. Uh, For more delightful non-holiday themed chaos, or maybe Duck Day, please tune in (laughs) next week for another episode of EW's Quick Drag featuring an interview with the next eliminated queen if we have one, or another special guest queen if there's a top three. And please rate and comment with positive vibes and send all freaking chorizos our way too. And if you are listening to this podcast on Spotify, we're trying something new that we'd love your participation in. There is a poll option and so if you click on the episode description of this podcast in spotify you'll see the question yes if you you'll see the question if you were jimbo in this episode who would you have voted for on your lipstick alexis jessica candy or would you have self eliminated
1: oh wait they're also wait jillian before we go they're bringing out a special menu item in addition to the chorizo it's it's duck it's dead duck
2: Oh, where is that duck pit?
1: Appetizing. How
2: was that, that duck glazed? <laughs> well, um, until, until next, next time. week.
1: Have a, a sickening, sickening
2: night. night. No. no. Sickening, no.
1: Quick Drag is hosted and produced by Joey Nolthy and Jillian Cedarholm. produced and edited by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson.
2: It's weather. Ooh. Cloudy weather. Ooh. Alexis, what's on the cookout menu? (laughs) (laughs) No, my Alexa went off. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't want chicken. Turn off. Alexa, turn off.